Welcome to the Financial Feast Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Zach. And today we're going to be talking about inflation. So I have to ask, I saw the last week that you had cooked something good. I got. Yeah. I just got to know, did you cook something else this last week? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so we went to, I, I honestly, I'm going to try to like, maybe plan most of our meals out. But this week we had a couple ideas and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And we went to Sam's Club and they had uh, spare ribs on sale. Oh. So my wife's like, hey, you want to cook some spare ribs? And I was like, sure. I've never done spare ribs before. I like ribs. Why yeah. not? So it was interesting because when I got home, I got the packet, I opened it up and I had two ribs in there, which I didn't know. So they were on sale and I got two different ones. So I, I froze the one so I can do another one later. Ah. Uh, but I did the ribs and I think they turned out pretty well. I was pretty happy with them. My wife did a dry rub on them. We, uh-huh. we, we did that. We, uh, we baked them in the, I wrapped them in aluminum foil. Baked them in the oven uh, at like 300 degrees for like three hours or something like that, and uh, let them cool and pretty pretty tasty. That, that sounds really good right yeah, now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So. What's in the rub that you guys do? I don't know. <laughs> My wife Bethany's did it. Special, so, huh? Yeah, we found something online and she kind of altered it and okay and did it and she did a great job. It tasted fantastic. So it was cool too because I don't know if you know the difference between a spare rib. And a baby back rib. No, I actually don't. Okay, so apparently I, I learned this too, and we'll get into inflation, everybody. I just <laughs> this is this is important news here. A uh, baby back rib, it, it has less meat, and it's it's easier to 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 cook, I guess, because it's a lot less prep. So when you get a spare rib, it comes with like this slab of meat underneath the bones on the underside um, that you actually have to cut off and trim. And then when you buy a rack of ribs, there's a certain section where the meat kind of ends close to the bone that you want to trim the rest of it off because when you bake it, I guess it'll like overcook and it won't be good. So like I trimmed all it off and I trimmed both pieces because I froze the other one and I have a whole nother meal on like (laughs) pork that I trimmed so I can do like a crock pot meal like down the road with like, so I got, I I bought it thinking I had one rack of ribs and I ended up getting three meals out of it. So sweet. Yeah. So that was a blessing. That was, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting, too, because talking about inflation, right, and the price jumping up, my yeah. wife and I are trying to be smart, and we got three meals for what we thought was the price of one meal. So that really helps our, our food budget. Yeah. Right? So so back to the inflation point. Inflation is this kind of big buzzword right now. Everybody's talking about inflation. And I think some people have a misconception on inflation being this new phenomenon that has just kind of showed up in the last year and a half. And that's not, that's not the case. Inflation has been around for as long as money's been around, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, So what we're going to do today is I, I wanted to kind of give some definitions and explain a little bit about what inflation was, because I think a lot of people misunderstand what that is. And then we also wanted to talk about how inflation affects people long term, and then what we can do to combat it. So as far as definitions, there's five different terms that we wanted to just hit really quick that we're going to mention throughout the podcast. And we wanted to just give a good little brief explanation. So that way, when we say something down the road, everybody's just on the same page. Yeah. And we're going to actually start with just the word inflation, right? I mean, that's where we should start here. And that, I guess in its most 
basic definition, it occurs when the price of goods or services increase over time. And we'll have some examples of this later. Yeah, yeah. Another one is just income. And income simply just money that you receive or you earn, right? And it could be at a job, but it can also be something that you're given as a gift. It could be an inheritance. It could be dividends on different investments. But if you're actively making money, that's what we're going to consider an income. Uh, another important, but I think really misunderstood and not well known thing that we're going to talk about today that has a big deal to do with inflation is the consumer price index or the CPI. And really all this is, it's it's a chart that has all kinds of numbers and all kinds of figures tracked from a bunch of different categories of spending options that is, is compared every single month to figure out what prices are doing if they're going up and if they're going down. And based on those numbers, people figure out what the rate of inflation is. So this CPI, this consumer price index, is simply just a, a giant list. I mean, I'm talking like 80,000 things in 200 categories that are just tracked month in, month out, and then compared. And then they figure out based on if what those moved from the previous month, if inflation went up or if inflation went down. So that's all that CPI is. Yes, and we'll, uh, it'll kind of make more sense as we keep going with this. Buying power is another term that you might hear a lot. And buying power is really just your purchasing power. It's the amount of goods and services that can be purchased by a given unit of currency or your money. And just that also takes into account the effect of inflation. Median, that's the middle value in a series of values arranged from smallest to largest. This is not necessarily an average. It's just the middle value in the uh, in the series. So yeah. with that, I think you had looked up some examples of inflation. Yeah. So I um I wanted to I thought it'd be helpful maybe to visualize a little bit about the effects of inflation long term. So what I did is I came up with a little chart, a couple pretty common purchases that would be made today. And then I wanted to see if Got you on. could guess and everybody else who's listening can follow along. If you could guess and just kind of think through what you think these uh, products would have cost in the 60s. And I wanted to get a common date for all of them, but the resources that I had didn't like have 1961 for all of them. Some of them are 65, 62. So the 60s for these items. Okay. Um, so first, your home, okay. right? Yeah. So the reason we said median earlier in our definition is because the numbers that I have are just the median number. They're not the average. They're just the middle number for home prices in America in 2020, all right, was $268,308. Wow. All right. So 1960, what do you think a home cost in 1960? Median value. Median value. Okay. So 268 in 2020 in, in the 60s. I'm, wow. Maybe 25 that's significantly closer than I thought you were going to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's 19200 Wow. All right. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's not nearly $268,000. No. It's definitely not. All right. Next one is a new car. And I did specifically a domestic car. Okay. Because when you import a car from a different country, obviously there's extra expenses. So just a domestic car that was just an average one. We could do Ford, Dodge, all those ones, all lumped into a category. A new one today 
$25,754. Well, actually, 2020. I did all these off of 2020. Okay, okay. So, uh, in the 60s. And then I did uh, mm. 1965. Okay, that matters. That's going to change your numbers. It, it I know. Will, I know. Well, I just have to rethink this whole thing now. <laughs> Uh, 65. Uh, let's just say 2,500. All right. Well done again. Impressive. <laughs> 2,200. Really? All right, $2,200 for a new car. So a 10th of the price. Yeah. Which, I mean, the big, that's a big difference. Fuel. Once again, I did it not now because I did, I didn't want to do it now because of how much some of these things have been affected in the last year and a half with drastic increase of inflation so i wanted to give more of a realistic number so i went once again to, to 2020 with this typical gas in 2020 two dollars 64 cents okay do you remember when it was that cheap it feels like a lifetime it ago. does feel like a long but time yes, ago I right do. <laughs> all right so two dollars 64 cents 2020 and this is non-leaded gas which i also found was interesting in my research in 1960 they had leaded gas apparently. Oh, yeah. They would have had chili at that point. So, there you go. I I don't remember when they got rid of it, but... I I don't know either. I mean, I guess they technically haven't. I know uh, some airplanes still use lead. No idea. I I know nothing about gas. So, let's see. So... 1960. Leaded gas. What did it cost? Uh, Let's say... um, I mean, it'd probably be less than a dollar, I would think. Uh, 75 cents. You're off by more than I thought that you were doing well. Oh, this is 31 cents. Really, 31 cents. Wow, 1960, 31 cents for a gallon of gas. So that was that was also less than I thought it was going to be. I was surprised. Yeah, by that that's... all right. This one I thought was pretty cool. Four years of room board and tuition at a college. So this is one year's worth of room board and tuition at a four year public institution. Okay, that's what we're going with. So 2020. I couldn't find a number that included the room and board. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because the different colleges charge so much different things for them. So the 2020 number is only tuition in 2020. The 1963 number is tuition, room, and board. So just take that into effect. It's $9,400 in 2020 for a one-year public college in state um, without room and board. For just tuition, $9,400. Okay. What is it in 1963? That's still got to be less. So It is less. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with, uh, let's go with 4500 like $929. Almost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? That's crazy. That's a big difference. Yeah. That's a drastic difference. That's if, and it's for more. You're getting more. Yeah. All right. The last two are just income. So I wanted to do a couple different expenses that mm-hmm. we're all probably pretty familiar with. And then the next two are just income. So I did a yearly income and then I did a minimum wage. Okay. So yearly income, 2020, 41950 What do you think it was in 1960? Well, if a uh, if we're basing it off how much a car costs. There you go. Um, uh, maybe 2500 to 4K, somewhere in there. $3,600. Okay. Yeah, $3,600. Okay. And then the minimum wage to 2020, $7.25. Pretty sure that's still the same. I think it's still it depends on the states. But I yeah, think. and it does change a little bit by state. Yes. Um, but this is just the average, right? So, yeah. or the median. So, minimum wage, 1961. What do you think? Oh, let's go with. Uh, Let's go with three dollars and fifty cents. A dollar fifteen. Oh, wow. Dollar fifteen. So I thought that was an interesting little yeah. little thing to do because what I, what I think that shows 
and it really demonstrates is the drastic increase of yes. these expenses over time. Yeah, and 60 years, right? Just about. Yeah, about 60 years. And what you got to think through is there's a lot of different reasons that this happens. Um, and we're going to talk about, about why this inflation of these prices is happening. Why does gas not still cost 31 cents? Has gas changed? I mean, I guess, all right, that was a bad example because I guess it has because it's leaded and not <laughs> A little leaded, bit, yeah. Right? But like but. have homes changed and why are they from $20,000 to $270,000 almost? Like, yes, what, and they're what, bigger now. I mean, I guess a little bit bigger, but are they 10 times bigger, right? No, so like no. what is what is the effect? What causes that? So when we talk about what causes inflation, there's essentially two different reasons that we'd like to just talk about. And there's a few others. This is very macroeconomics. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to make this as simple as we can. The first reason is that there's too much money. And you may be saying, what do you mean there's too much money? How does that impact inflation? <laughs> why, and why is that a bad thing? Because inflation <laughs> we think would be a bad thing. Why is too much money making it inflation? Um, so what happens when there's too much money is that there's there's a lot of people who have extra money to spend mm-hmm. and they go into the market and they try to buy items. There's only a certain amount of items that are available at any given time. When too many people are trying to buy them, what happens to the item price? Yeah, it's the law of supply and demand, right? It goes up, yep. right? And the reason it goes up is because the people can charge more or because of the limited supply they need to charge more in order to make a profit because so many people want to make it right or get the product. Mm-hmm. So when there's so much money in the economy and so many people want to buy things, it makes the demand for the items that need to be bought a lot higher. And therefore, just naturally, the price raises of all the cost. So first reason is there's just a lot of money, a lot of spending power, a lot of a lot of people that want to purchase stuff. That's the that's one of the reasons that inflation happens. Yes, and I would even say that we kind of saw this happen during uh, the initial stages of COVID when the government was handing out some of that money. A lot of people got the stipend, and all of a sudden, you know, 300 million Americans all of a sudden had more money than what they might have had before. And of course, there's different circumstances that all happen, but that would also show why when you have stuff shutting down and you have that demand because you have such an influx of money, why the supply chain and everything took so long to get back. Well, not even just that, but like when you think about COVID specifically, whose stock, I'm thinking of a company, one company in particular, whose stock did great in COVID? Home Depot or Lowe's. And why is that? Because everybody got all this money Mm -hmm. that they weren't spending. And then they went and they went to Home Depot to buy more stuff so they could do home projects. And all of the stuff that they were doing for home projects, the prices increased. Lumber. Yes. It jumped through the roof, yes. right? Home prices jumped through the roof. People were charging more to come and do projects on your house, plumbers, right? Because the demand was so much higher and there was only a limited amount of stuff that they could do. So more money, more inflation. Yeah. And another reason we had said too much money, right? For the first reason. The second reason would be what's called a cost push. And that's more of an increase of labor materials, as it increases the goods and services. So this can be due to many reasons. I guess a good example of this would be oil. Um, there's a lot of, we Im- the U.S. does import a lot of oil daily. And when tensions 
are due to a war or health-like issues like COVID or with the Russia crisis going on right now, the numbers, the import numbers will change. And then that cost will affect all the layers down the line. So transport, transportation, whether it's airlines, uh, boats, shipping, they all are affected. The trucking companies to get it to the person. So looking at it from a more macro view, if we lose some of our supply from one area, then there's a scramble to fill that supply somewhere else. And this does create kind of what they, that cost push to fill that gap and also minimize the damage, so to speak, on the supply chain to get that material there, whether it could be the oil. We also had this run on the technology that goes into cars, the chips. Yeah, those chips that yeah. were getting produced, right? Yeah, yeah we had, we, there was a lot of issues with those with the new year of around 2022 in the new year, we had so many issues. Like the cars were just sitting there, not completely done because they didn't have the chips yet. Yeah, I think we fail to realize that when we buy a product, there's like five, six, seven, eight, twelve different hands that that product passes through before it gets to us. So if there's if there's a increase in price that affects multiple layers of that product, and I think the easiest way to explain that is just transportation, because everybody needs to transport something. Yeah. If, if gas, if oil or gas prices are going up, it affects everybody in that transport, and they need to then pass those costs that they're now incurring on to the next person. And then that person needs to pass it on to the next person. And then it keeps going until it finally gets to us and the prices are now six times higher because we're the last ones in the line. Yeah, there's there's a lot. So I think that's important. Another thing I think that was really interesting is you may have heard of bird flu. I think there's a big thing called avian flu that's going on right now. Um, People may not really understand what that is. And it's not 100%. I'm not saying this is the reason eggs cost a million dollars right now, but eggs have risen. And one of the reasons is bird flu. And I saw this story, which I thought was really interesting. There's a guy in Juliet, Illinois, who is a bakery owner of the Great American Bagel in Juliet, which is just a cool name for a company. And he uh, eggs are about 50 cents a piece right now. And he said that he uses about a thousand eggs a week. Oh. So- and, that, and I don't think that's even including the eggs that he's putting onto the bagel, like for a bagel sandwich. That's just the eggs to make the bagels. So if he's getting a jump and increase of a 10, 15% on each egg, like, let's just be realistic, people. He's got to push those prices, <laughs> yes, right, to his does. customers. He's using a thousand eggs. That's a lot of cost, yeah. right, that he's incurring. That's $500 just in egg cost that he's, that he's increased. So there's a lot that goes into these things. So when we're talking about what causes inflation, mm-hmm. really simply, too much money in the economy and then the cost push of down the road, everybody's getting affected by those different things. And, and it, it affects us in a lot of different ways. Long term, yes. when we're talking about how inflation affects us, we named three different things. I'm sure there's other stuff, but there's three different ones that we thought through. Yeah, uh, I would think the first one that comes to my head is investments. The it buying would. power, right? Because you're a financial guy, yes. so it would be right, that one. Right, that's where <laughs> I always go, right? The buying power, as we had mentioned earlier, what the buying power was, it lowers as inflation raises. So you have kind of this gap of your investment money and earnings would be lower over time. So one of the things I really like to do is sit with a young couple and we project out what retirement looks like. They might say they want to live on something similar to what they have. Maybe that's, we'll just say $50,000, $60,000 a year in retirement. They'd be comfortable with that. 
Well, if you use an inflation rate of 2.15%, that's the typical inflation rate that you would use year over year. That is not the same amount of money that they would need in retirement. So just thinking about that, right? Yeah. And your how your buying power becomes less with the investments though as well, just because that dollar that you bought, if you put $100 into a stock or if you put $100 into an investment, that dollar will buy you less over time if you don't put it somewhere else. Yeah, we mentioned that last week, right? Yes, a little bit yes. with that with January of 2023 to January of 2024, $1,000 is not going to be the same worth by the end of the year. Yeah. Because cost is going up, right? Yep. So that $1,000 is not going to buy you the same amount. Yes. That's the one that really comes to my mind is inflation and long-term. Yeah. No. In addition to investments, I think the interest rate, and I think we're seeing this a lot right now Oh yeah. Um, in, in early 2023, the interest rates on stuff that you owe are going to increase. So banks are going to constantly raise the interest on different loans when the value of the money goes down. And why is that? Because they want to continue to make money. Right. Mm -hmm. So if the value of the money, the buying power is going down and it's lowering because everything's costing more, the bank doesn't want to make less money. They want to continue to make the same amount of money, if not more money. So they're going to charge you more interest on whatever your loan is so they can continue to make more money. So as an aside, that's why we like to encourage you to get fixed interest rates, mm -hmm. not variable interest rates. So then you don't get stuck in situations like this. Yes. Yes. And that's a tangent, but that's a little bit about what happened yeah, in we, wait with the housing. We won't crisis. go on that. We right won't do now. that <laughs> Sticking with how inflation affects us long term, right? Uh, another way that it does affect it is that business that we were talking about. Like you think about the guy who has to use a material such as eggs to make a product. Yeah. And when that goes up and uncertainties are there on costs and they need to adjust, then it will affect us long term because of all the other stuff that goes into it. So like even when you're thinking about a house, I mean, the amount of safety things slash the amenities in a house nowadays versus 1960, there's a lot more things that need to touch it. There's a lot more technology in it generally. Yeah. So you're paying for all that, yeah. right? So that's another reason why it, it can be kind of going up in cost year over year over year. Well, let's just think about it, right? Logically, if a house costs $17,000 to make in 1960, and they're selling it for 195, mm -hmm. right? They're making $2,500 in profit. In 1961, the price of wood goes up a little bit because it always goes up. Everything always costs more. Mm -hmm. They now need want to still be making $2,500 in profit, but their cost has gone up. So now instead of it being 17,000 to make the house, it now costs them $17,250. They need to raise the cost of the house to continue to make the same amount of money. Right. So we're, we're all upset at these businesses for raising costs. They got to raise the cost because they have bills to pay. They have employees to pay. The minimum raise, the minimum wage keeps going up, right? They're, the health of, the cost of health insurance keeps going up. And once these companies, even when inflation comes back down and it's not these weird numbers that we're in right now, mm -hmm. even once inflation goes up, are these businesses going to drop the amount of money mm, that they're no. charging for a service? No, no. And they're gonna. A lot of businesses will um, adjust accordingly, so yeah. to speak. So that's so. why over sixty years we see house prices jumping from nineteen thousand dollars to two hundred seventy thousand dollars, right? Because over those sixty years, so many different factors went into it, and each time it incrementally goes up. But on the long run, it really affects you. So that's why we're saying 
in 30 years, right, when you're ready to retire, understand what we think inflation is going to be in 30 years yeah. and how much money you're actually going to need. Because if you think you need, you live on $40,000 right now, in 30 years, your $40,000 is going to buy you $10,000 worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so really think through that. So when we're talking about that inflation and how it affects us, I think the next big question that people want is, well, what can I do <laughs> to fight against it? How can I make it so I'm, I'm as least affected by inflation long-term? And yeah. there's two different categories we're going to do. The government does some stuff and it just does things naturally without our impetus, just because the government doesn't want inflation to be super huge either. But then there's also some things we'll do. So first of all, the government does two different things. One, the government sells bonds and two, it increases taxes. And what these do is this takes money out of the economy. And remember, we talked about what causes inflation too much money in the economy, right? So mm -hmm. when the government takes money out of the economy, that means people have less money to spend, which means that people aren't buying as much stuff, which means that the costs aren't gonna go as high because companies aren't gonna be selling it as high, as, aren't gonna be selling as much, so they're not gonna continue to raise the prices. So in effect, you should be thankful <laughs> for taxes. Ooh, that's still a hard right? one to swallow. And that's a hard one to swallow, <laughs> right? And and maybe not every tax, but but, there, it's a helpful and it's a necessary thing in occasions for, for these jumps in prices um, or, or in taxes so we can benefit. So the government isn't completely horrible all the time when it comes to our financial <laughs> futures. So besides the government, because that obviously has nothing to do with us, there's four different things that you can do. So you might be saying, well, I don't work for the government. I'm not a government. What can I do to help the inflation costs in my own life, right? Yes. So number one, you can pay down your debts. And specifically when we're talking about debts, I mean credit card debts. I'm not as concerned about like a mortgage debt, but like a credit card debt or a car loan or a student loan, right? These things that have high interest rates, you can get rid of those. Why? Because when you pay down a credit card, what do you have now at the end of the month once you no longer have a credit card payment? You have a little bit of extra cash. You have left. a little bit of extra cash. So you're already just giving yourself more money now that you can now spend on other things. And if you have a little bit of extra money, right, it lessens the effect of inflation. It doesn't really like get rid of it, but it lessens the effect because you're not super strapped for cash because you have a little bit of wiggle room to make these other decisions. So first of all, you can pay down debt. Number two is you can get a raise or a higher paying job. What's that gonna do to help you fight against inflation? Oh, that amount of higher paying, right? You get more ammo, so to speak, in your tool belt there. Exactly. So when we're talking about getting a raise or a higher paying job, I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm stuck at this job that I don't love and my boss won't give me a raise, right? Well, yeah. what do I do? Well, I think there's some stuff that you can do, even in that kind of a situation. And we like to refer to it as investing in yourself. So when I say invest in yourself, what do I mean? Ooh, that I would say you could do many different things. You could learn a new skill, get a certification in something, whether it's IT related, your passion, really. If you can follow your passion and make money off of it, you're more likely to succeed because you legitimately enjoy doing it. But you could take a risk, go somewhere else. And it doesn't have to be that risky either. You can just start looking for other jobs on the side while you're waiting and see if you can either negotiate a raise or maybe you might have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to paying down debts and getting a raise, 
what else is there that somebody can do? Yeah, I mean, the one that comes to mind for me right away is spend less, right? That I mean, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, and I think a lot of us do this kind of naturally when we start to realize, oh, the uh, checking account's looking a little lower. I don't, I don't know why that is, but we better we better uh, kind of hold up here and not spend as much, maybe not go out to eat that other time. And, you know, when you have a budget, this is much easier yeah. because you're able to, with that budget, point to why um, you need to spend less. Yeah. But some people, if they don't have a budget, they're just looking at it like, oh, I don't have as much as I usually do, but I'm doing the same things. That's inflation right Correct. there, right? Correct. So cutting down on existing spending, renegotiating subscriptions, making sure that you're able to renegotiating car insurance is something you can do, actually. Yeah, don't just be like, oh, I have a car company that I'm bundled with my home and auto and I'm just happy with it. They might be providing you a great service. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not. And they might even have a decent price. But there's like a thousand and two different companies that yeah. offer the same service. Like there might be somebody in your area that could give you a lower price. Literally, my wife and I last year switched and we're saving like 700 hours a year yeah, for the same coverage <laughs> with a different company. And it's not that our other company wasn't good. I just didn't take the time to yeah. look. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the time, right? And it took me a little bit, but 700 hours for a couple hours worth of work. It's worth it. Worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. And that's the other thing you can do is, you know, back to the investment, right? Yeah. Uh, invest in yourself, invest in some small things, smart things that have a higher return than inflation that provide buying power. I know that uh, in our savings episode, we talked a little bit about some of those bonds, the... Uh, the, t- the treasury, protected securities. Well, and even a high-yield savings account right yeah, now, even if, it, if it's a number that's greater than your inflation rate, you're making more money. But this would be more in the stock market, right? Yeah, With like a mutual fund or an yep. index fund. Mutual fund, index fund, those are two of the safer places, put it, that have a... You can't say anything's guaranteed in the stock market, but they have a proven track record. Yeah, and for those of you who are like, ah, I don't know what we're talking about with inflation, we're going to talk about this more in depth in future episodes. Yes. And we'll go into what the stock market is. We'll explain what a mutual fund is. We'll explain what an index fund is. We'll kind of go into a 401k and a Roth IRA and get more detail into those things. But just understand that long-term, a way to help you is, is to invest. So we got four different things here. It's important to understand what you can do and how you can really help yourself by paying down your debts, right? By getting a raise, investing in yourself at your own job, by spending less, and then by investing. Yeah. And, you know, inflation is not going anywhere, right? It is not. So when we keep that in mind, inflation is something that we're going to always have to deal with. So keeping that in mind with these four steps that we're talking about is just, it's going to help you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And next time... Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about taxes. Yeah, that's a big thing right now. Um, yes. We're, we're coming up to tax season, so people should start thinking about their taxes. Yes, and you know they might have questions of, can I do my own taxes? What do I need to ask my tax guy? Yeah, are there questions? You, yeah. There are questions. What are they? And should I even get a refund? And that could mean more like, how much do I withhold? Yeah. Or what do I do with a refund if I do get one? And these are all questions that we'll address in the next podcast. But in the meantime, go to financialfeastpod.com. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We do appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.